Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in today for another Quiz of Ice and Fire. I'm Lady Guinevere, and today we're bringing you our 17th quiz, our fifth all about characters of A Song of Ice and Fire. And as always, we want to thank our generous patrons for their continued support, which has unlocked this bonus feature for everyone. And speaking of bonus features, I want to mention that all of our patrons have access to two patron-exclusive episodes, currently one all about the Arthurian influences in A Song of Ice and Fire, and one on the Varamir prologue. So head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash radioesteros to find out how you can join us and gain access to those episodes, among other perks of being a supporter. And now I'm happy to introduce our guest host for this quiz. Today we have Vanessa Cole from the Night's Cast podcast, the official podcast of Watchers on the Wall. And some of you may also be familiar with Vanessa's work as a contributing writer at Watchers on the Wall and her artwork. She does fabulous portraits of various A Song of Ice and Fire characters, which Yoke Boy and I are both big fans of. And I'm very pleased to welcome her to Radio Westeros. Welcome, Vanessa. Thanks so much, Lady Gwen. I am very excited to be here. Um, I, this is one of the things that I love uh, most about your podcast is doing the quizzes. Um, big fan of trivia. So it's going to be a lot of fun to help you out this time. Good, good. I hope we have some challenging questions in store. And um, yeah, this should be fun. Uh, so tell us a little bit about um, the podcast and what's going on at Watches on the Wall. Uh, we are mainly a book only podcast but as you know we do cover the show in other formats um so we've all been very busy <laughs> lately so. oh yes <laughs> definitely so yes we we have been quite busy uh, with the final season of the show in full swing um two episodes left it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how they wrap it all up um but you know we've been covering a lot of news we've been doing recaps um we've been covering interviews that uh, come out so um like i said we've got two more weeks of that um we'll also be covering the um successor shows so we've got one kind of in the works right now tentatively it's not really titled the long night but that's what the the story is based on so we will be covering news about that and about any other shows that they uh that they decide to develop for hbo um and as far as the night's cast we we do a live stream every sunday before the show starts um it'll be five usually till about 6 30 and that'll be on youtube um, so we'll we'll cover any questions and um, any other comments or topics you, that our listeners want to hear about before the show starts. And then we do a recap episode, um, usually record Monday nights and have them available on Tuesdays. 
Okay, great. And um, you can find Night's Cast on YouTube and yes. presumably wherever people find their podcasts as well. Yeah, so the the live stream will be on our Watchers on the Wall channel on YouTube. Um, you can find the recorded audio of all of our podcast episodes on iTunes and on SoundCloud at Night's Cast. Okay, excellent. Definitely have a lot of listeners who are probably interested to check that out and also to keep up with the uh, news of what's next after Game of Thrones ends. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's um, an exciting time. We're, we're anxious to see what else they'll come up with. Um, and as far as content on the podcast, after the show wraps up, we will be covering um, some book material. Uh, we did an episode on Fire and Blood. We'll probably dive deeper into that and also into the main series and possibly the histories as well. Well, we all know as content creators that there's basically no shortage of deep dives that we can take. Definitely not. Um, And of course, as you said, we are in the home stretch for Game of Thrones, which we're, you know, we're very busy with that. But Radio Westeros is primarily a book only podcast. So we try to keep some um, non-show content coming out for those of our listeners who aren't watching the show. So here we are with a new quiz to keep folks going until our next episode, which we hope to have out by the end of the month, uh, working on it now. It will be an episode all about Lyanna Stark. So um, here's the quiz to keep things rolling. A brief word about how the quiz works. We have 15 questions about characters. These are all people found in the main series. Uh, We're going to go through the questions and then we will circle back with the answers. So get your thinking caps on, pens and pencils at the ready if you like to keep track. And don't forget that we do love to hear your scores on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, wherever you find us. So as always, we like to let the guest go first. So pass it over to you, Vanessa, for question one. Great. So question one is what character once fell madly in love with the ill-fated Waymar Royce? Aha. So character who fell in love with Waymar Royce, who made a brief appearance in (laughs) in Game of Thrones and very quickly made his exit. It was brief, but memorable. (laughs) Very memorable. Yes. He went out fighting. He sure did. (laughs) For Robert. (laughs) Question two is, which character, who is one of the three representatives of Karth, to accompany Jogo back to Vaeus Taloro after his scouting mission, invites Daenerys to the House of the Undying? Sometime after she lays the place to waste, this character sends a sorrowful man to try and murder her. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of A Clash of Kings is, I know a lot of people don't like Karth, but the House of the Dying chapter is, is one of my absolute favorites. And uh, so this, this can be a tough one. So uh, good job if you guys can remember this, this person's name. So question three, which character is a leech man's son in the Riverlands before being sent to the Wall? He has a face covered with boils and grew so angry after being spurned by a girl named Bessa, he murdered her. For this crime, he was sent north. Okay, so someone who was sent to the wall for murdering a girl who scorned him. Question four. 
Which mythical character was said to be High King of the First Men? Many houses claim descent from him, and he was said to wear a crown of flowers and vines on his head, symbolizing his supposed ability to bring fertility to the land. Yeah, lots of fascinating mythical characters in A Song of Ice and Fire history. So good job if you can recall this particular high king. Question five is, which master armorer who considers his work art wears a large sapphire hanging from his neck? He owns the largest building in the Street of Steel, and its doors are made of ebony and weirwood. Okay, so a armorer wearing a large sapphire, which I believe is said to be the size of a pigeon's egg. Uh, And yeah, can you remember his name? Question six is which character responds to desertion with the order to break the knees of the deserters with hammers? He says they will not run again, nor will any man who sees them begging in the streets. Ruthless. (laughs) So this could be in any number of of ruthless characters from A Song of Ice and Fire. And uh, if you can recall the correct one. That's, that's fantastic. So the one who, who wanted to break the knees of deserters with hammers. Question seven. Which young female character, whose real name is unknown, is taken in by Yorin and later escapes into the woodlands to evade Sir Grigor Clegane's men? Hmm, I th- this one might be tough. Um, so let us know if you can remember the name of a young female who was rescued by Yorin all the way back in A Clash of Kings. Now, that brings us up to question eight. Which slaver received no assistance from the Unsullied who had once belonged to him at the Plaza of Punishment as the word Dracarys rang out in his doomed ears? Yeah, it's uh, one of the best scenes, I think, in the books. Uh, very memorable scene and uh, fascinating to watch on the TV show as well. But um, if, if you can remember his name, that well done, because he, those names are tough. So, so best of luck on that one. Question nine. Which Bravosi soul sword changes his look before attempting to assassinate Daenerys Targaryen? Half a point for his name and half for his nickname. Yeah, Bravosi Sellsword, uh, who has a nickname, but we also want to know what his real name is. And yes, let us know your thoughts on that. Question 10. Which spearwife, who is well acquainted with Stiv and Wallen, believes the winds rustling the leaves is a sign of the old gods? Yeah, we, we actually are introduced to quite a number of spearwives throughout the book. So definitely put your thinking caps on and, and try to recall the particular one uh, acquainted with Stephen Wallen and uh, believe the rustling leaves are a sign of old gods. Question 11. We have which character goes by the name Grote and is seen in King's Landing before Quentin Martell sees him in Volantis and we're looking for his real name. Uh, you might think, you just told us his name. It's Grote. <laughs> we we want to know his actual real name. So, uh, question 12. Which Dothraki ate more sausages than Quaro at the Western Market in A Game of Thrones after the smell of home convinced Daenerys that they should indulge? 
Yeah, those Dothraki names are, are always tricky. <laughs> so if you can recall the correct one, um, very, very well done. Um, she, Daenerys did have quite a, a few that uh, were her, uh, her companions. So if you can recall the correct one, wonderful. Ask uh, the one who ate more sausages than Caro at the Western Market. So question 13, we have which character with a sour leaf red smile is eventually hanged on a gibbet for allowing the seizing of Tyrion to take place under her roof? Mm, okay, just think of uh, the horrific red smile and hopefully that's a good tip off for you. Question 14, which knight was a squire and friend to Rhaegar Targaryen, but also a drinking buddy and bannerman of Robert Baratheon's? The rebellion must have brought devastating choices to this seldom-mentioned fellow, and we'll give a half a point for his name and another half point for his nickname. I think being a drinking buddy of Robert would be a, <laughs> a tough pastime. can imagine yeah. the amount of alcohol they must have consumed. So no if kidding. You, <laughs> so if you can recall the knight and squire um, of, and friend to Rhaegar and drinking buddy of Robert, uh, good job. <laughs> Number 15, uh, which character is a bastard daughter of Prince Oberyn Martell with her mother being a septa? Like her father, she is known to have knowledge of poisons. Okay, so you know Oberyn Martell's daughters are the Sand Snakes, and we are looking for the one whose mother was a septa and who knows about poisons. And that was our 15th question, so we are going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with the answers right after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And we're back. So here we go. We're going to run through the questions again, restate them, and give you your answers. Uh, so over to you, Vanessa, back to question one or answer number one. Yeah, so the question was, which character once fell madly in love with Waymar Royce? And the answer is Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark. Oh, gosh. It was so tough. It always is to come up with questions about major characters. So we hope that some of you were challenged by this one. Uh, in A Feast for Crows, while she's disguised as Elaine Stone, 
Sansa worries that Bronn's young Royce will know her when he comes to the Eyrie, and she tells Littlefinger, Bronn's young knows me. He was a guest at Winterfell when his son rode north to take the black. And then her thoughts continue. She had fallen wildly in love with Sir Waymar. She remembered dimly, but that was a lifetime ago when she was a stupid little girl. That's a tough one. (laughs) Kudos to you guys who remembered that Sansa once had a major crush on Waymar Royce. Uh, so that brings us to question two, which uh, had to do with the uh, person from Carth who sent a sorrowful man to try and murder Danny after she laid waste to the House of the Undying. And the answer is Pyat Pri. Yes, so Warlock Pyat Pri uh, gets introduced to us in uh, A Clash of Kings as Jogo brings him back to Daenerys. Um, he says, Blood of my blood, I have been to the great city Karth and returned with three who would look on you with their own eyes. Danny stared down at the strangers. Here I stand. Look if that is your pleasure. But first, tell me your names. The pale man with the blue lips replied in guttural Dothraki, I am Pyat Pri, the great warlock. So interesting character, and um, we, uh, I don't know if you have happened to hear the Forsaken chapter or read the transcript, but he does seem to pop up in that chapter, so I think we will see him again in uh, at least one future book, Uh, however briefly that might be. (laughs) All right, on to question three. This character is a leechman's son in the Riverlands before being set to the wall, um, has the face covered with boils, and was spurned by a girl named Bessa and murdered her for it. Um, and that's why he was sent to the wall. And the answer is Chet. Yeah, Chet. He's actually given a uh, point of view in A Storm of Swords where he's the uh, prologue character. And we learn a lot from that chapter about his unfortunate backstory. When he'd been younger, it says, the village girls took one look at his face with its boils and its when and turned away sickened. The worst was that slattern Bessa. She'd spread her legs for every boy in Hagsmire, so he'd figured, why not him too? He even spent a morning picking wildflowers when he heard she liked them. But she just laughed in his face and told him she'd crawl in a bed with his father's leeches before she'd crawl in one with him. She stopped laughing when he put his knife in her. That was sweet, the look on her face. So he pulled the knife out and put it in again. When they caught him down near Seven Streams, old Lord Walder Frey hadn't even bothered to come himself to do the judging. He'd sent one of his bastards, that Walder Rivers, and the next thing Chet had known, he was walking to the wall with that foul-smelling black devil urine pay for his one sweet moment they took his whole life not not a very likable character (laughs) but i will say the prologue chapter uh, from his point of view had one of the most climactic endings i think of any of the books it just really kept me on the edge of my seat wondering what's gonna happen so uh so good for you chet (laughs) you had a good prologue yeah did something right (laughs) So the next question was uh, about the mythical character said to be High King of the First Men, um, from whom many houses claim descent. He wore a crown of flowers and vines, symbolizing his ability to spread fertility. And the answer is Garth Greenhand. 
Yes, Garth Greenhand. Um, supposedly, he was quite the fertile man <laughs> with a, quite a number of houses to descend from him. So um, we have a, a great quote from the wonderful Olena, um, who, and she tells Sansa Stark that Garth liked to plant his seed in fertile ground, they say. I shouldn't wonder that more than his hands were green. <laughs> Just love her. <laughs> Gotta <Fantastic>. love her. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to question five. Um, this master armorer considers his work art, wears a large sapphire hanging from his neck, and he owns the largest building in the Street of Steel, which doors are made of ebony and weirwood. And the answer is Tobo Mott. Yeah, Tobo Mott. Uh, he enters the story when Ned begins investigating the death of John Aaron. And, of course, ultimately he finds Gendry working as an apprentice at Tobo's Forge. Uh, the description of him is from Ned's chapter. I am Tobo Mott, my lord. Please, please put yourself at ease. He wore a black velvet coat with hammers embroidered on the sleeves in silver thread. Around his neck was a heavy silver chain and a sapphire as large as a pigeon's egg. If you're in need of new arms for the hands turning, you come to the right shop. Ned did not bother to correct him. My work is costly, and I make no apologies for that, my lord, he said as he filled two matching silver goblets. You'll not find craftsmanship equal to mine anywhere in the Seven Kingdoms, I promise you. Visit every forge in King's Landing if you like, and compare for yourself. Any village smith can hammer out a shift of mail. My work is art. So... Tobo is a very humble man, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the few that can rework Valyrian steel. Right. And, uh, yeah. So it will be interesting to find out if he passed any of that knowledge on to Gendry, which could be very vital in the upcoming War for the Dawn. Yeah, I hope, I uh, kind of hope it is. So uh, we move on to question six. And that had to do with the character who responds to deserters uh specifically it's deserters from the city watch which we didn't tell you because that might have given it away but he says break their knees with hammers they will not run again nor will any man who sees them begging in the streets the answer is tywin lannister Good old Tywin. <laughs> um, yes, uh, renowned for being quite merciless, de as demonstrated here for sure. Uh, very, very feared man, much unlike his father, which is probably by design, um, because he absolutely hated being mocked and uh, made sure not to follow in his father's footsteps. So um, if you guys got this one, great job. I, I struggled with it. I actually thought it might be Randall Tartley, but um, they are two men that are cut from the same cloth. So um, Randall yeah. would probably have a similar uh, response to deserters. I feel like you're right. <laughs> All right, moving on to question seven. And this is the young female character whose name we don't know. Uh, she's taken in by Yorin, and she escapes into the woodlands to evade Sir Gregor's men. And the answer is Weasel. Yeah, we uh, know Weasel from A Clash of Kings in Arya's point of view. Here's a quote. At the sound of her voice, Weasel came creeping out from the bushes. Lamy had named her that. He said she looked like a weasel, which wasn't true, but they couldn't keep on calling her the crying girl after she finally stopped crying. Her mouth was filthy. Arya hoped she hadn't been eating mud again. 
And of interest with Weasel, George has actually commented that minor characters, or minor, minor characters like her, often have full backstories in his head, though it's unlikely he'll ever share them with us. Which is sad, because I often wonder what happened to poor Weasel. I think a lot of people are concerned for that little girl, so... I know. (laughs) I think people must be, and that's probably why he commented that somebody must have been asking him what happened to Weasel. I'm just going to pretend some some woman in the Riverlands found her and took her in and is taking care of her. So (laughs) I'll just have that daydream in my head. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I'm with you there. (laughs) Uh, Question eight is the slaver who received no assistance from the Unsullied who had once belonged to him when the word Dracaris rang out in the Plaza of Punishment. And the answer is Krasnis Monaklaz. Krasnis is fine as an answer. Yes, Krasnis. One of the most pivotal scenes in A Storm of Swords when Daenerys conquers Astapor with the Unsullied. Uh, He met his doom And one of the most climactic moments, because the dragon he chose as payment refused to obey him. And I'll just quickly read the passage here. There is a reason a dragon is no slave. And Danny swept the lash down as hard as she could across the slaver's face. Krasnus screamed and staggered back, the blood running red down his cheeks into his perfumed beard. The harpy's fingers had torn his features half to pieces with one slash, but she did not pause to contemplate the ruin. Drogon, she sang out loudly, sweetly, all her fear forgotten. Dracarys! The black dragon spread his wings and roared. The lance of swirling dark flame took Krasnus full in the face. His eyes melted and ran down his cheeks, and the oil on his hair and beard burst so fiercely into fire that for an instant the slaver wore a burning crown twice as tall as his head. The sudden stench of charred meat overwhelmed even his perfume, and his wail seemed to drown all other sound. Ugh. I, I get chills just reading that and, and seeing the, the, the show's um, portrayal of that scene was fantastic. It's just, well, such a powerful moment. Yeah, really. That was one of the probably one of the best ad- adaptation or one of the best adapted scenes in the show. It's just so visually so great. So, But just listening to you read it, I had it all, the visions in my head, the, that crown of flame and eyes melting yeah oh (laughs) so moving on to question nine which bravosi sellsword changes his look before attempting to assassinate daenerys targaryen half a point for his name and half for his nickname hopefully you guys got both and it is miro the titan's bastard yeah of course uh miro was pretty angry with danny but and tried to kill her but his attempt was thwarted by barristan who was then known to Danny as Arstan Whitebeard, who defeated him before leaving him still alive in the clutches of an angry mob. Here's the passage. Whitebeard put Danny behind him. Miro slashed at his face. The old man jerked back, cat quick. The staff thumped Miro's ribs, sending him reeling. Arstan splashed sideways, parried a looping cut, danced away from a second, checked a third mid-swing. The moves were so fast she could hardly follow. Missandei was pulling Danny to her feet when she heard a crack. She thought Arstan's staff had snapped until she saw the jagged bone jutting from Miro's calf. 
As he fell, the titan's bastard twisted and lunged, sending his point straight at the old man's chest. Whitebeard swept the blade aside almost contemptuously and smashed the other end of his staff against the big man's temple. So, on that note, so ended the titan's bastard, or shortly thereafter, because I'm pretty sure he was torn apart by the angry mob after that. So, so R.I.P. Miro. <laughs> and that brings us to question 10, which I've got to admit, the first time I read this without the answers kind of stumped me because I couldn't remember Stiv and Wallen. Which spear wife, well acquainted with Stiv and Wallen, believes that winds rustling in the leaves are a sign of the old gods? The answer is Asha. Yes, Asha. Um, we have a quote here from A Game of Thrones uh, where she says, who do you think sends the winds if not the gods? And um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, Bran does the same thing in Dance with Dragons when Theon's in the Codswood. He makes the leaves rustle. And so it's very possible that she's correct um, with some of the other spirits of the green seers in the trees. So um, there's plenty of evidence out there and there's a lot of um, interesting takes and theories on Reddit and other forums about this. So um, definitely take a look at it. So moving on to question 11. We have which character goes by the name Grote and is seen in King's Landing before Quentin Martell sees him in Volantis. And his real name is Oppo. Yeah, this Oppo is eventually murdered after Cersei calls for the heads of male dwarfs, who might be her brother. Uh, she's specifically looking for her brother, not just any male dwarf, but of course all of the people out to try to collect her bounty just basically start killing any vaguely short male <laughs> from what it seems uh definitely male dwarfs are in danger so oppo falls victim to that and Tyrion, who later meets penny oppo's sister says this to jorah his blood is on my sister's hands and the hands of the brutes who killed him uh question 12 now <laughs> it was this which dothraki ate more sausages than caro at the western market in a game of thrones and the answer was ricaro yes and um, i'll admit i totally guessed on this one and just happened to remember his name so um you might have gotten lucky like me uh, but he, yeah, he is one of uh, Daenerys' close companions. And um, I have a quote here from the book where uh, it says, In Pentos, I make them with pork, the old woman said. But all my pigs died on the Dothraki Sea. These are made of horse meat, Khaleesi, but I spice them the same. Oh, Danny felt disappointed, but Carl liked his sausage so well, he decided to have another one, and Ricaro had to outdo him and eat three more, belching loudly. Danny giggled. And I, I love that. It was so nice to see her get a, a lighthearted scene um, when she'd had such a tough time in throughout the, the a Game of Thrones book. So uh, it was a nice, nice scene until she gets to the wine cellar. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> so moving on to question 13. We have which character with a sour leaf red smile is eventually hanged on a gibbet for allowing the seizing of Tyrion to take place under her roof and it's poor doomed Masha Heddle. Yeah, Masha Heddle, uh, someone that Kat had known 
from her childhood in a Game of Thrones when she goes to the Inn at the Crossroads. It says she still remembered the innkeep, a fat woman named Masha Heddle who chewed sour leaf night and day and seemed to have an endless supply of smiles and sweet cakes for the children. The sweet cakes had been soaked with honey, rich and heavy on the tongue, but how Catelyn had dreaded those smiles. The sour leaf had stained Masha's teeth a dark red and made her smile a bloody horror. And later on, we hear from Septim Maribald that she always had a, a sweet cake for him. She was actually had a, she actually was someone with a very big heart. And it's too bad that she kind of fell afoul of Tywin Lannister by uh, just happening to be the person that owned the building where Tyrion was taken from. Um, so she comes to a sad end. Yeah, doesn't work out well when you run afoul of Tywin, for sure. <laughs> yeah, try to stay away from that. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> uh, we're at question 14, which had to do with the knight who was squire and friend of Rhaegar Targaryen, but he was also a drinking buddy and bannerman of Robert Baratheon's. Uh, imagine his conflict during Robert's Rebellion. Uh, who was he? We had asked half a point for his name and another for his nickname. The answer is Richard Lonmouth, and his nickname is the Knight of Skulls and Kisses. Although I did ask Yoke Boy if we could accept uh, Lem Lem and Cloak. He said probably not. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in A Storm of Swords, we have Barristan telling Danny that Miles Mooton was Prince Riker's squire and Richard Lonmoth after him. When they won their spurs, he knighted them himself and they remained his close companions. And uh, I actually really love the theory that Lim Lemoncloak is a Richard Lonmoth in disguise. So I, uh, I hope that we find that out at some point um, might come in handy for someone who knew Rhaegar well to pop back up in the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. Um, but it's, but it's not canon. So it's not an acceptable answer here, but thank you. It is in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's but, canon yeah. in my head. So <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> so moving on to question 15 and our final question which character is a bastard daughter of Prince Oberyn Martell, with her mother being a Septa, and like her father, she is known for her knowledge of poisons? And the answer is Tyne Sand. Yep, that's right, Tyne Sand. I, I did get this one eventually. I have to struggle in my head to, you know, nail down the Sand Snakes. Uh, I have headcanon uh, images of all of them in my head, which... Um, you know, a lot of times the show helps us to remember more minor characters, but um, not in this case. <laughs> we will, uh, yeah, moving on from that subject, here is a uh, quote from A Dance with Dragons, where Tyene tells her sisters, I know the poison father used. If his spear so much as broke the mountain's skin, Clegane is dead. I do not care how big he was. Doubt your little sister if you like, but never doubt our sire. Yeah, and her, her knowledge of poisons may come in handy later in the books, too. So uh, when she gets to King's Landing, could be could be bad for the uh, the Lannister contingent there. But we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. I'm hoping and expecting that something does come of that. So <laughs> we'll see. But that was indeed the last question. So uh, how did you all do? 
let us know um, wherever you find us. Uh, send us some smoke signals to tell us uh, if we managed to stump you on any of those. And uh, now I want to say thank you, Vanessa, so much for joining me and taking time out of your yeah. busy weekend. It was my pleasure. With me. This my pleasure. Fun. Yeah. And why don't you... Um, before we go, uh, tell us, remind everyone where they can find you. Yeah, of course. Um, so you can find me writing for Watchers on the Wall. Um, as I mentioned before, we're at the Night's Cast podcast. We'll be doing live streaming Sunday. Um, our usual host, Sam, will not be joining us tomorrow. So I will be hosting tomorrow's live stream. It starts at 5 Eastern. And um, please come with questions. Hopefully we'll be able to have a live chat going. We unfortunately had to shut it down last week because the episode leaked early and then people were posting spoilers everywhere. So... Fingers crossed that won't happen this time. Um, but definitely come join us. We'll have recaps um, the week following the episode. You can uh, find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at Nightscast. And you can follow me personally. Um, I'm also on Twitter at VKColeArtist. You can find me on Instagram uh, where I post all of my artwork. And it's at VKColeArt. And um, hope to hear from you guys. Um, also, I will be at Con of Thrones coming up in July, um, the 12th through the 14th in Nashville. So um, I'll be on panels. We'll be doing podcast meeting greets. So definitely find me and come say hello. Yeah. Definitely check it all out. Uh, check out the live stream, and I highly recommend uh, your Instagram. Thank you. Uh, follow her there, yes. And all of the above. And as for Radio Westeros, uh, find us at radiowesteros.com and also on iTunes and on YouTube. And check out our Patreon for those bonus episodes. And you can find me covering the show with History of Westeros, which uh, happens on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream our show reviews. So only two more weeks to go with that. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.